people. Today I'm freewheeling it a little bit more than I'd wanted to. I'd intended on sitting down and, and being more focused with uh, some, some guided notes to help remind me um, exactly all the points I wanted to hit, but uh, I guess due to minor time constraints and just the fact that I got a little wound up and want to get talking, I'll start talking. So today I originally had just decided that I wanted to to um, focus more on, you know, a little bit of purpose and the whys of the world. Um, and a lot of our, a lot of things that I've been exposed to in the last, um, say probably, I don't know, last month or so, last 45 days, um, looking at the normal podcast, the normal websites, Instagram accounts, stuff that I frequent, you know, one of the big things that's come up is your why. And I've touched on it a little bit before in some of my mentoring classes and just in my regular classes too, but you know, your why is, is what drives you. It's what pushes you and it can change. It can, you know, turn into one thing and then into another as life changes. Uh, but the why is extremely important. It's why you get out of bed every day. See how I work why right into that. It's what drives you, what pushes you. It's your goals. It's uh, the philosophy that you have behind your motivations in life. And, um, you know, those whys definitely show their faces a lot of times in, in career choices. Um, and fundamentally, the, the why of, uh, you know, any career choice could be simply to earn money, to, um, to collect a paycheck, to be able to survive and to live. Your why could be to live. And then, you know, you have your why of going to work every day is to get paid. And, and you know, those are very real. And then occasionally we have the opportunity um, to delve even into a deeper why. There's different levels. And so for me, one of the focuses I wanted to put on this podcast was about my why of teaching. You know, teaching, to be honest, has a negative connotation to it in the United States. And if you don't know what a connotation means, it's, it's like an associated message that sticks with it. Whenever people a lot of times hear the words teacher, they have certain associations that they play out in their mind. Um, and I think in the United States, quite frequently, it's, you know, a job, of, a profession of, you know, some frustrations. Um, generally, we hear a lot of reference to finances, to teachers, you know, not making the most money. And so, you know, there's really kind of a negative stigma attached to teaching. Um, and, and I can say that Obviously, that has a lot to do with our culture and our country and the way we continue to pass those messages down of the importance of education. So which obviously leaves me with the feeling of concern of what the picture snapshot of education is in our country and the value placed into it. So, you know, I'll get into that and probably I could spin off into an entire podcast of the value of education. So I don't want to shortchange any topics and, and I'll maybe try to Try not to veer too much and stay on topic today, but, you know, my, my why. Uh, obviously, I, I briefly touched on why I wanted to do a podcast, um, and that was, you know, to share information. But I, one of the whys that I want to continue to communicate, and, or the reason I want to communicate those whys so much is to show motivation, to be transparent, and give, a, you know, an idea of who I am and be very open about goals and, and things I want to communicate. So... I want to give background information for those that have never had an opportunity to meet me or to be around me that much of, you know, why I am an educator. 
So um, I'll give you the moderate version of it, not too short, not too long, but um, so this is my sixth year of teaching, and I have to say that it's, you know, it's been a good six years. Um, I've, I've never had a career or a job, if you want to call it that, that I was as emotionally invested in, that I could come in every day and find a purpose, to find a redeeming quality to the time that I spent and know that there was value to it. Um, is that to say that every day is beautiful and every day is not, you know, just smooth end to end? Well, no. There's days when I walk out of my classroom at the end of the day, I'm just thinking, God, I made it through the day. But, that you know, whenever I am able to, to rest my mind and calm down and look back, I see value. I see that this was not a waste of time. Nobody ever said that passion and purpose was going to be easy to work with passion and purpose. You have focus, you have commitment, you have a huge expenditure of energy and time, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be fun. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. You'll find out that 99% of the time that things that are, you know, worth it in life are difficult. They require the most time, they require the most effort and they require sacrifice. Sacrifice will be something I could write or do another podcast on and the importance of it and the value of it, but I digress. So, and to give you just a little, that little short background, you know, I guess about, I don't know, six years ago, roughly, I was in the midst of what I would call my crisis of, you know, identity. So I'd spent a lot of my time, you know, professionally after school. Uh, going through various jobs and um, never quite felt settled. Still looking for, you know, the why and the purpose. And, you know, I was able to hold down a job, but, you know, my heart was never really into it. And so I was able to kind of supplant myself to be, you know, just understanding that I had to work and I did that. So in my early, uh, was it late 20s, late 20s, I, um, stumbled upon a healthcare company that I worked for for about five years. And um, I found some some good meaning in this company when I was going through kind of my uh, crisis, if you will, of identity. And what I enjoyed about that company was the fact that it was a um, hospice supply company. And for those of you that don't know what hospice is, and I didn't until I started working for them, hospice means that people are put on medical care, end-of-life medical care. The average hospice patient survives for about 45 days after they're put on hospice service. And the goal of that is to make people as comfortable as they can be when they're, you know, they're ending their life journey. And I found a lot of, uh, a lot of comfort in that, a lot of meaning and purpose. There was a, a very applicable phrase that one of our owners and our, one of our founders Josh Robertson had used, and they said that it was the grandparent standard, that you want to treat every patient as though they were a family member, they were your grandparent. Take that ideal and that mentality and use that kind of patience, that kind of respect, that kind of professionalism, because I would hope that if it was a family member, you would have that utmost commitment to, you know, excellent service and care. And that I bought into well. It fit my persona. It fit my you know, personal goals as well as professional, and I enjoyed my time there. As with anything, uh, things changed, 
And uh, over time, and you know, the company took a little bit of a different you know, look to it, and it felt like it was my time to move on. I got an excellent position at an excellent, large, successful company in Lockheed Martin Aeronautics. Um, they're a, a very well-known company as far as um, working in the aerospace industry and working, you know, to build, you know, fighter planes and cargo planes for the U.S. military and other countries around the world. And it's a phenomenal organization. And I worked there for approximately a year and um, knew that it was a great place to be that many people didn't have the opportunity to work at. And inside every day, I felt just a little bit dead. They're great people. Don't get me wrong. Great people to work with. I was extremely blessed. But the purpose, the why for me, it was different. So I ended up um, actually going to work for my old boss that I had worked for at the healthcare company for a different startup chain company. And for those of you that know, don't know what a startup company is, it's a company that starts off you know, from an idea. You're always you know, working to get money, and it's the very beginning of a business. And I had spent some time working there for about a year and a half, and uh, it ended up being that there were some cash flow and, you know, my, my position there wasn't completely stabilized. So I was, I was let go laid off from that. Um, and it in at, at the time was kind of devastating because it left me with even more of an uncertainty of where I was supposed to be in life. But looking back, it was quite possibly the best thing that could have ever happened to me professionally. And at the time I didn't have that, that vision to see that. And so I'm glad I was able to take that experience and turn it into something that was a good turning event for me. Because after that, I took approximately six months to soul search. And I had actually considered the idea of, of education before I'd actually even started working at the original healthcare company. And it drew to me and called to me to continue to, um, to follow this endeavor and see if it, what it, it could you know, lead to. So at the time, a college buddy of mine was the assistant principal here at Watauga Middle School and said, sure, man, we could, we could get you set up for some, some subbing jobs and let's see how it works out. And I'll tell you what, um, I went in, I, my first sub job in Birdville was with, an, was with a elementary school group, I think like second grade. And there were some sweet little kids, but I knew quick, fast, in a hurry, I was never going to be an elementary school teacher. I had young children. I understood the struggles there and know that there's a unique challenge to teaching middle uh, elementary school kids. And that just wasn't for me. Uh, my second sub job was here for a ESL class at uh, Watauga middle school. And it, and it was a good, you know, change. And then what happened was right after that, the next week when I was about to look for some more sub jobs, um, a teacher here at Watauga middle school had to go on long-term leave. And so there was uh, earlier in the year, so there was a long-term sub position that they needed to fill. They had filled it with somebody before and then needed somebody else to step in. And so I took that opportunity. And what I found was, you know, a, a ragtag group of kids that unfortunately didn't have much consistency in their life that school year. And so they struggled a bit. Plus they had other issues they were struggling with. I was thrust into this, not really prepared, not really knowing what I needed to do was getting paid only sub pay. And so it was, a, it was a rough situation. But at the end of the day, I felt the, the desire and the need to come back the next day. And I was like, well, holy cow, if I could be in this situation and still love it that much, then this must be the right place for me. 
And there embarked, I embarked on my journey to become a full-time teacher. And so I finished out my long-term sub with, here at Watauga. I got my certifications, finished all my, you know, um, training that I needed to do to be certified by the state of Texas and uh, was able to secure a, uh, a full-time position the next fall. So that was, uh, was very motivating for me and very, very fulfilling personally as well as professionally. And so, you know, over that time, I, I continue to grow in my understanding and my depth of meaning and purpose within the teaching profession. So when I, you know, when I tell my students that it's not just a job, you know, I mean it. I spent a long time and I mean a long time sorting through personal feelings and searching for meaning in life. And that took me all over the place in a, in a journey of spiritual and professional, you know, occupations. And I did a lot of digging, a lot of reading, a lot of soul searching to find my way. And it, you know, it, it wasn't always easy, but it was worth it. And so, like I said, even, even in my everyday journeys here um, as a 60 year teacher, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but you know that the, the work you put in, the suffering that you have to endure at the end of it is, you know, what you search for as a child whose life is hopefully a little bit better because of what you do, what you bring to the table. And, you know, I get my intrinsic value out of that. And that's ultimately what I need more of. Um, you know, I, I hope to continue to grow myself as an educator. And, um, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like long term, but, you know, I'll find more, um, you know, more compensation as the time goes on. Um, one thing I always try to keep in, in mind is I had a, uh, a motivational speaker that I got to know a little bit, and he, uh, he had this little quote that he would say that if you work with passion and you work with purpose, the provision will follow. And in that phrase, provision means money. It means, you know, providing for you. Um, you know, my dad, along the same terms who's a major influence in my life said that you know if, you, if you're the best at what you do in anything you'll get paid good for it so you know that always stuck with me and so if you're not getting paid well enough it means you're not the best that you can be so keep working so i keep that tucked away in the back of my mind to to meaning that you know there's <clears throat> there's always other ways there's always other avenues there's always other things to add to that will help along that way and ultimately money is not the end all be all, you know, there are very wealthy people that kill themselves all the time. So we know that money can't buy happiness. Now, <laughs> it sure provides a lot of opportunities and choices. And maybe that's where it comes down to with most people is it's not so much about the things. It's about a sense of, of you know, control, a sense of power to be able to make those choices. Because we all know that eventually you can get tired of even the best food. We know that ultimately every possession becomes old at some point and, and is not as valued. Every new pair of shoes wears out, and there's always got to be something behind it. That is a, a curse of mankind or womankind or however humankind is that we generally are always wanting left wanting more. And so then becomes part of your philosophical and spiritual journey to to under, better understand what is enough. And, and even further than that, 
degree is to find out why am I always wanting more? What, what drives me? What causes that feeling inside of me? And that ultimately would give you a much better feeling of why you want something, who you are as a person, what your actual motivations are. Not that I want this, but I'm really trying to fill an empty spot with a material possession. We've all been there before, trust me. I, I can't say that I, <laughs> I've been you know, privy to not walking down that path. So to continue on that tirade just a little bit is that, you know, I, I know that I've spent a lot of time looking at my inner, inner feelings and desires, and, you know, I have to be careful to not get caught in the runaway, emotional runaway that is, you know, I'm the, I don't have enough. Because ultimately, whenever I feel that way, I'm actually saying to myself that I'm not enough and that I have to fill in those gaps with something else. Um, and to be honest, you know, there was a good stretch there in my life, um, where, you know, the thing that filled my enough was my kids, my students. I'll always refer to my students as my kids. You know, I have two beautiful and wonderful daughters who bring, you know, sincere joy to me in my life, but due to the nature of our situation, I, I don't get to see them as much as I'd like to. And in between, I... I see my students a lot more than I see my own kids. And so I walk in every day with the, the willingness and the openness to invest my heart and my time and, you know, and my care and concern for my students. Because it's not just that they're forced to come here. It's that I've been gifted the opportunity to spend time with them. And I'll tell you, ultimately, time is you know, how you, if you want to know how to give people love, give them time. Um, I have to be mindful of that with my own kids and my family and my wife is to make sure that I'm sharing enough love with them. And I'll always tell my students, hey, I love you all. Not, not in any strange way, but like family. Love you like family. And that's the utmost, you know, gift I can ever give. And ultimately, I feel like I'm getting a gift back. You know, getting to see the growth of, of individuals to get to see the, their lives change and the depth of their personalities continue to grow in those moments whenever you see that they've been comforted or that they you know, got a, a good grade and it boosted their confidence and made them feel more worthy and more valuable. As we ultimately know, the grade's not, the grade itself you know, is just a measurement piece, but the sense of achievement, sense of purpose, the sense of value that a person can get from knowing that they're worth it and that they achieved it on, you know, that's something they did. That, that ultimately is what really fills the hearts of people that set out to do this kind of job. And I won't begin to say that it's perfect. You know, nothing ever is because people aren't perfect. We've had an education system that's been in place for a long time. And, you know, even the people who are in it know that there's always room for change because people change. The needs of people change. At, at root, we have basic needs. You know, if you follow educational psychology or psychology and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we all need to feel safe. We all need to have food, shelter. Um, that stuff fits for all of us to be able to function properly. 
but educationally, we have different needs as, you know, kids, as um, adults, as a society. Society is being forged in a different path now where technology is going to play a huge role. I'll have a couple of independent podcasts just on that. Um, but, I, you know, before I drone on for too long, um, I wanted you all to know kind of what makes me tick. And I, and I love psychology and I love philosophy, especially because I like to understand more about why we act the way we do and why we think the way we do. And, you know, purposefully, I want to know why I do the things I do, because sometimes I look at myself and it's like I'm looking at a stranger. And so I want to be more mindful of my actions and the things I do so that I know that my impact on the world and, you know, the way I make other people feel is, is the best it can be. Because the last thing I want to do is um, is leave somebody feeling like less than they deserve to. And I do it sometimes. I have to stop, check myself, have a real man moment, and apologize for acting out in a fashion that wasn't beneficial. And work on not doing it as much. I'm going to screw up. But, you know, if you're willing to uh, see that moment for what it is and learn from it, and you're in, you know, in a heck of a good way. So I've, I've bantered here a little bit and kind of wandered a little bit, but I hope that gives us sh- just a snippet of an insight into who I am as a person and why I really want to do this um, and to continue to instill a better knowledge of the educational process and, and share ideas and thoughts of where we can go, where, where this can take, take off and go to how education continues to be such a critical point for the, um, the benefit of our society and how it's, it's become something that it, it, it's just looked at in a different direction as maybe a, um, a for, something of a forceful nature and something that's not understood to be valued. So I'm going over 20 minutes. I could probably talk for an hour, but I won't dr- drone on too much about this today. So I will leave you with um, just the thought of, you know, think about who you are and, and your whys and know that those whys are going to change. They do. They will greatly change. But at the, at the center of it, at the core of who you are, there's always a why under the surface that not many other people know about. It's something that calls to you, a voice inside of you that's always been there and maybe you haven't always heard, but it becomes louder at certain times. Listen to that voice. And find direction through that voice because I think ultimately that's where our purpose and our meaning comes from. Make the world better today, people. It's an out.